Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Kyle Henderson. I get to serve on staff here at SMCC. Um, as always, uh, and as per usual, I am here with uh, Pastor Paul Roby and Pastor Eric Nelson. How you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for being here, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle, thanks for filling in. Adam, if you're listening, enjoy Cabo. That's right. I hate you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you. We do miss you, man. We miss you so much. Uh, well, we're, we're excited to get back into uh, 1 Corinthians. Um, for our listener, we are uh, primarily reading through the NIV uh, text, um, so if you want to follow along or read with us, we are uh, reading um, chapter by chapter, which is a little different um, of our, for our podcast here uh, this season, um, from basically come a, from a series that we just finished uh, called Disorganized Religion. I think it's been very helpful for a lot of people at my campus. I've had a lot of people talk to me about each of these different chapters and going a little bit deeper. And so yeah. I thank you guys for doing that. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And uh, today we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, which is uh, a very specific chapter, a very interesting chapter, a challenging chapter. I mean, there's a lot going on here. It is really a long chapter, so we got to get we got to get going. Let's because get there's, a lot, there's a lot going on. All right, so I'm going to start uh, once again at the NIV, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Get out 7. your Bibles, folks. <laughs> uh, here we go. Chapter 7, starting at verse 1, says, uh, Now for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. That's in quotes. He's yeah, responding so they, to <laughs> once again, they have already written to Paul, and they must have said something like this. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, Paul, I guess you don't want anybody sleeping with anybody? Like, what's the story here? Right, and he's right. like, oh, you guys, come on. Here we go. Here's Here the matter go. that you're talking about. Yeah. And he says in verse 2, but since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise, the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Yeah, let's pause right there. We, <laughs> we dipped into this last week, and yeah. we're actually going to uh, be talking about the sexual revolution this week in, in, in the message. Yeah. Um, this is profound. This is revolutionary in mm -hmm. that world, um, where you're going to approach sex as a way to serve your spouse. Yeah. Wow, that was sort of unheard of. Now, yeah. if one of these goes off the rails, it almost sounds abusive. Right. But if both are happening at the same time, it leads to great celebration mm -hmm. in a marriage relationship. So um, that's what he's getting at. It was very revolutionary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then after he finishes that thought in verse five, he says, do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I heard a pastor say recently uh, in, a, in a wonderful way, he was looking at his congregation. He said, some of you are having sex and you shouldn't be, and some of you are not having sex and you should be. Yeah. And I oh. thought, that's First Corinthians 7 yeah. right here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, it, it's a healthy part of a marriage. It's yeah. important. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then in verse 6, he says, I say this as a concession, not as a command. All right, we got to pause right there. Yeah, this is where Paul first tips his toes into the water on a concept in this chapter that's very confusing. Uh, the word concession, you just looked this up, Kyle. Yeah. It's, it's a Greek word, sort of the word synonym, mm -hmm. never used anywhere else in the New Testament. Nope. So very challenging. What is Paul trying to say here? And is he trying to say it about what came before or what he's about to say? Right. 
And then what's the difference between concession and command? Mm -hmm. Should we read command as in the Ten Commandments, like, thus saith the Lord? Or could command also be translated as rule or a law Mm -hmm. or a guideline? It's a bit of a challenging section. I'm going to kind of leave that tension there. I want us to maybe keep reading a little bit because he's going to... He's going to play with these concepts, not I, but the Lord, the Lord, not I. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of preparing the listeners for that, and we'll make some sense of it as it rolls on. But Paul, do you want to say anything at this yeah, point? Yeah, it's in the context of this chapter. He is going to actually try to convince people that it would be a good idea to remain single mm-hmm. if you're not married. And so I think the concession has to do with what he's about to say, mm-hmm. and that regards being unmarried. So if that's true, um, certainly it's not a rule that he has. It's just wisdom. Mm-hmm. And as far as he's concerned, it's, it's wise to, uh, cons- in, in light of the difficult times that we're living in, in light of, and he fully expected the Lord to return at right. any time. Mm-hmm. Uh, later he talks about the crisis at hand. Mm-hmm. He says, I think everybody should be remain single, mm-hmm. but it's not a rule. If you want to get married, go ahead and get married. Right, so right. let's continue. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so then to what you were referencing, Paul, in verse 7, he says, I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. So he, he's not trying to create this uh, type of conformity at yeah. this point. He understands that people are different. Marriage is for some and singleness is for some. Marriage isn't for everyone and singleness isn't for everyone. Yeah. And um, I like the way he's going to elevate singleness. So to mm-hmm. our single listeners, if you felt ever on the outside looking in because of the way church has perhaps idolized marriage, this this passage is uh, your comfort. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the, the gospel doesn't elevate marriage to a place where you must be married. Right. And I just think it's unfortunate when churches and, do that. And I think it's important to note that in a traditional culture where... Your existence is is justified by your contribution that you make to the family. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, the best thing you can do is get married, have a lot of kids, uh, be successful at, at either raising kids or successful at moving your family one step further to being uh, renowned or or successful in some sort of way, prestigious. It's all about the family name being carried from one generation to the next and in a positive direction. And so absolutely, this is revolutionary for the Apostle Paul to say this and say that your singleness is a God-honored status. Yeah. Even a gift. In that world, and a gift. Wow. This is crazy talk. What? I, I don't think I've ever met a single person. I, they exist, but it's very rare to meet someone who says, I, the, this is a gift to me right, right now. Man, but I think that that's a, that's a, a great way to look at it from yep. time to time, yeah. you know? Well, that's important. Yeah. So then this is the part that you're talking about, Eric, uh, here starting in verse 8, where he's elevating this, uh, this status that previously yeah. had been pushed down. Sure. Uh, now to the unmarried and to the widows... I say it is good for them to stay unmarried, as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn that's with why, passion. That's why I got married. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. You, you don't want to burn with passion. <laughs> I'm kidding. Keep going. <laughs> uh, and then he goes on to say, To the married, I give this command. Not I, but the Lord. A wife must not be separate from her husband. But if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband must not divorce his wife. You know, what's funny is uh, this morning I was reading in the book of Malachi, 
and uh, I was reading about this very thing. I, was, mm-hmm. I knew that this podcast was coming up with this chapter, and I'm reading Malachi, and it says God hates divorce. It was mm-hmm. this really, I was like, wow, it's, that's built into Malachi, too. Yeah. You know, it's an Old Testament ethic. And um, so there's two things happening in this section that I want to unpack. One is what is he saying about divorce and remarriage? He's going to talk about that. Um, but the other thing is not I, but the Lord. Okay, right. what is he doing here? Some read this section and think, wow, this is an asterisk on the Bible as God's word, mm-hmm. because I guess Paul's saying this isn't really from God, it's just from me. Right. And so we have to do some some work here to understand what he's saying. And I think part of what he's saying is this. Uh, Jesus has said this, not I, but the Lord. Yeah. This is from Jesus. He's going to go on and he's going to say something, I, not the Lord. Right. And once again, you have to ask the question, wow, is it only what Jesus said that's actually God's word? Mm-hmm. Um, the answer is no to that question. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and the I think my way of interpreting this, and um, I'm still wrestling with this a little bit, but I think the... The, the, the wise way to read this section is not in terms of, is this God's word, thus saith the Lord, or not? It's to see Paul's humility and open-handedness to what's really going on inside of their culture. He's empathetic. He's gracious. Mm-hmm. He's saying, look, this is wise, and that is God's word. Yeah. And and so I think it's it's not a God's word or not God's word. It's us seeing Paul's care, concern, and humility in this hard teaching around some uh, very spe- specific issues. Yeah. I, guess, I think that uh, this really does bring up the whole idea of, of how Scripture is actually coming to us. Uh, Jesus said that, I'm not leaving you like orphans. I'm leaving you with another counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, the ministry. Number one ministry of the Spirit of Truth is to the apostles to remind them of what Jesus said. Mm -hmm. And so now we have Matthew 19, for instance, teaching on marriage and divorce. Now the Apostle Paul is reminded of what the Lord said, and so now he's saying, I'm not commanding. This is a commandment from the Lord here. And so this is how how the New Testament got written. It's Jesus spoke, uh, obviously the Holy Spirit, breathed into the um, apostles, gave them the ministry of, um, oh, what's the word? Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Not reconciliation, but they did get the ministry of reconciliation, but he gave them the ability, the Holy Spirit gave the apostles the ability to understand uh, what Jesus spoke, Mm -hmm. and then also... It was not just a repeating of those words, but it was an explanation of mm-hmm. those words. So, man, I'm really dying here because I can't remember the word, but it is the ability to see the wisdom behind it and then make it clear and give it more as counsel. So it's helpful and hopeful yeah. uh, in the epistles. Mm-hmm. The question that you might come to as you read this section is, did the Apostle Paul know he was writing Scripture? Meaning, did he know he was writing God's Word? Mm -hmm. And I think the answer is yes. Oh, the the word I'm looking for is illumination. Oh, there you go. I better say it before I forget (laughs) it one more time. That's all right, Paul. Uh, I want to read to you guys something that Peter said. Peter, who walked with Jesus, walked on water, and then stumbled. Peter, who performed miracles. Um, Peter, who was very close to Jesus, look what he says about the Apostle Paul's writings, okay? This is 2 Peter chapter 3 at the very end. I'm going to read this section. It's about a paragraph. 
uh, starting in verse 14. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul, mm. okay, also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. Mm. The mm-hmm. wisdom that God gave him. Yeah. That's what we see in 1 Corinthians. He goes on. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand. Sure. Yes, they do. (laughs) Look at this part. This is what I want to see. Which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures, Mm. capital S, to their own destruction. Mm -hmm. So Peter sees Paul as writing scripture, God's word. Yeah. So we should look at what Peter said, look back to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and see that Paul is not trying to say, I don't really think this is from God. I'm just kind of riffing now. No, he's doing something else, and that something else is pastoral care, grace, and empathy, and I think that's the best way to read these challenging sections. You know, I think that we should maybe just give a little bit of attention to the black and white nature of verses 10 and 11. And so here's a command, don't separate from your husband. If you do, you need to remain unmarried. Husbands, do not divorce your wife. It's It's just boom, laying down the law type Mm -hmm. of thing. Now, I think that the Apostle Paul obviously understood Jewish scripture, uh, and and Jesus made a big deal about Moses allowed divorce under certain circumstances, but he required that you give a certificate of divorce Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And and then Jesus basically brought the the bar a little bit higher, and he says, you know, really, we're not wanting anybody to get divorced here. Mm-hmm. This is wrong. Now, understanding, and the Apostle Paul understands ab- abandonment. He understands physical abuse. He understands all kinds of things mm-hmm. here. And so let's let's read that with the knowledge that he understood circ- you know, all the different circumstances right. that can surround a divorce. Having said that, it's so easy just to imagine what those are. Mm -hmm. And so we went ahead and we put together what SMCC believes Mm -hmm. about divorce and remarriage. And what we're recommending is that you don't do this in a vacuum. You never get divorced just talking to yourself. Right. You you talk to other wise people, and especially Mm -hmm. church leadership, to help you kind of weave your way through what the scripture actually teaches about on this topic. And so we're, we're basically saying, hey, Think twice before you ever get a divorce. Let's see if we can reconcile. Let's see if we can work this out. There are special circumstances where divorce is allowed, but let's just not treat that lightly. Yep. You know, like let's not assume that's a broad, yep. you know, category. Right? Yeah. Paul's about to shine the light on some very specific first century issues. We will be tempted to want to ask more of the text than Paul is saying, because these might not be our issues, but they certainly are as well. Right. So in this section, uh, I think you see an open door for separation with the hopes of reconciliation. Yeah. And I think in our culture, that's often forgot about. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just divorce and we're done? Right. There might be a season where it's, let's move out, yeah. let's let's uh, sleep in different rooms, mm-hmm. let's create separation so that those boundaries can then create the opportunity for trust to be reestablished, yeah. and then perhaps reconciliation can happen. So I think as we go through each of these sections, we're going to have to see 
uh, with clarity what Paul is talking about and what he's not talking about. Paul, you basically summed up the three A's as I see it, abuse, adultery, and abandonment. Those seem to be grounds for divorce, abuse, adultery, and abandonment. Um, and uh, so I think, I think it's helpful to, th- to just keep those three A's in mind yeah. as, we, as we move forward through this text. So yeah. let's keep reading. Okay, so uh, then Paul goes on to say, to the rest, I say this, I, not the Lord. There's the I, not the There's Lord. There's the I, not the Lord again. <laughs> Uh, if any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Very challenging section again. Um, he's talking about blended faith marriages. Yeah. And... Uh, I can't tell you how common that is here in Utah. Yeah. Utah is a state of uh, um, that's saturated in religion, mm-hmm. and so you often have people who transition in or out of that religion at different times, yeah. or uh, you have one spouse who's all in with historic Christianity, another spouse who's who's all in with the LDS Church, mm-hmm. and like. And that creates real tension inside of families. Yeah. Or uh, one spouse is all in with the gospel, another identifies as an atheist. I mean, KSL, the news uh, station here, is always putting out articles about how to thrive in a blended faith situation. And I just can't tell you how often I see one spouse at church, um, and it's just painful because they, they're they in this, this spot. And mm-hmm. so that happened 2,000 years ago. Yeah, That's what I find so interesting is, you know, you had these, Christianity is brand new, and so you have one spouse who says yes to Jesus, the other spouse is thinking, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you can't walk away from the synagogue, you can't walk away, what do you, it just was, would be so confusing. So the Apostle Paul has this overarching theme here, stay as you are, mm-hmm. remain as you are. Uh, if you're single, why don't you just stay that way for a season? If you're married, you can stay that way. What yeah. if my spouse is not a Christian? You can stay that way. Mm-hmm. What will happen? Well, it makes it highly likely, Not it's not an airtight promise, but it makes it highly likely that in the meantime, they their life will be impacted by a Jesus follower, mm-hmm. your kids will be impacted by a Jesus follower, and in that environment, it might be more likely that they come to know Christ. And so I think that's what he's saying. He's not saying sanctified holy as in they will be saved. Right. What he's saying is they'll be in an environment that is beneficial to yeah. their salvation. It's more likely that they'll experience it if you stay as you are. Yeah. And I think that's what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, so then Paul continues on, but if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or the sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. How do you know, uh, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? And this is just another way of saying you're free to remarry. Yeah. yeah. That's all I'd say. Yeah. yeah. And... and Obviously, he's not saying you will be the one that is the savior to your husband. He's right. just saying by the way you live, it might impact them towards salvation. Absolutely. Yeah. And we so. all have, I mean, countless stories, both here in Utah and in other relationships, have seen that happen, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of spouses coming to know, you know, biblical Christianity and Jesus uh, because yeah, of their spouse. absolutely. Now, let me say something to the young people who might be thinking, cool, I'm going to date a non-Christian, I'm going to flirt to convert. Um, <laughs> that is, he's talking about in the context of already married, Yeah. right? Um, if you, this should be a strong warning to single people that if you are in a relationship with someone who doesn't share the same worldview as you, it will make your marriage incredibly difficult. Absolutely. To the yeah. point that I would not encourage you to marry somebody who has different answers to the major questions in life. It will it will hinder your ability to become one. Yeah. And so this is a strong warning to to single people about who you might marry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so then Paul continues on now, and he says in verse 17, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay down in all churches. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? He should not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. And then in verse 20, it says, Each person should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. And let's not be confused here. This, I, this, is, an, I, this is not saying that call, God called some people and not other people. He calls all people to be saved. Right. And so this, maybe the better way to say this is, this is when you answered the call. Whatever situation you were in, when you answered that call, that is what you should just remain in. Yeah. Don't try to become Jewish by getting circumcised. Right. Don't worry about that. You know, don't try to uh, escape your slavery. Yeah, it, you're it, fine. It's terrifying to think about the you know twenty year old, thirty year old uh, Greek men who <laughs> were forced to <laughs> go through circumcision. Uh, you know, which is what Paul's getting at here. Um, yeah, and and if you look, depending on what uh, version you're reading, uh, the top heading of this section in verse 17 says concerning change of status. And so right. this is like you said, Paul, where where you come into it, like you can stay there. This is this is where you're at. Yeah, and let's just remember, this is all brand new. Like totally. like they, many of them have never been around a Christian, known a Christian, been raised by a Christian. They don't know. Yeah. It's like, oh, I trusted Jesus, so do I go off and become a missionary? Do mm-hmm. I? What do I do? You know. And so he's just giving them some uh, a way to be patient in the situation that they're in. Yeah. Because I think there probably was some panic about how. Okay, what do I do now? And sort of some extreme thinking mm-hmm. uh, was taking place. And so this is really wonderful to be patient. Yeah. Stay consistent. Stay faithful where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to talk a little bit about slavery. Let's remember that uh, it's very different than the slavery in our country. Yeah. Um, a, a, a slave in this context often could own property, could buy their way out of slavery. So that's what he's going to say. If you can, if you can get out of that, go for it. Yeah. But if you have to stay as you are, that's fine too. The New Testament book of Philemon deals with this mm-hmm. type of relationship between Onesimus and and his his master. I, not you know, owner's probably not the right word there. His yeah. boss. Yeah. And so. Um, Paul's going to address that here. Well, in different times in the uh, during the Roman Empire, um, it was sometimes sometimes fifty percent of the population were slaves, all the way up to ninety percent of the population were slaves. Mm-hmm. And so, the Apostle Paul's not condoning slavery; he's simply saying this is the way things are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, let's talk about how to deal with reality instead of the ideal. Mm-hmm. This is reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Uh, So then that passage coming up uh, in verse 21, were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you, although if you can gain your freedom, do so. For the one who was a slave when called to faith in the Lord is the Lord's freed person. Similarly, the one who was free when called is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of human beings. Brothers and sisters, each person as responsible to God should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. That that section just stood out to me. Uh, if you're free, we'll remember you're God's slave. And yeah. if you're a slave, remember God set you free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is brilliant uh-huh. right there. Um, and what you see is Paul presenting a new way to view your sense of self and your sense mm-hmm. of worth, your identity. Mm-hmm. That's what he's talking about. And so when we say things like, my identity is not in how well I perform in my job, my identity is how is in how well Christ performed on my behalf. Um, that's not like weird, like psychobabble. Like the Apostle Paul is mm-hmm. helping people view their lives in that way. Yeah. And uh, 
it's true. We are both free and a slave to Christ at the same time. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's a healthy way to view our lives. Yeah. So then the Apostle Paul now goes back to unmarried here in this next section uh, in verse 25. Now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think it is good for a man to remain as he is. So let's just pause again. I have no command from the Lord. Should we read this section as not God's word? My answer is no. No. He's saying, Jesus didn't say this, but I want to say this to you. Mm -hmm. And what we read from Peter is clear support that the Apostle Paul is speaking God's word Mm -hmm. here. And so I just think we got to kind of think through that. And it's in harmony with the things Jesus did say. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, and so it says, because of the present crisis, I think it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Yep. If you're engaged, mm-hmm. it's okay. You became a Christian while you're engaged. Yeah. Continue with that. Yep. 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 Uh, do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. <laughs> Some of y'all need to take that one into <laughs> take that to heart. You know. Uh, but if you... little, little ball and chain language there. <laughs> uh, but if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. You know, when we read Virgin in our world with movies with Steve Carell, like 40-year-old Virgin, yeah. like we just read it in weird ways. Yeah. He's talking about a young girl. It's a young girl. You're young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're young. I mean... I'm... Imagine if you're a dad in this culture, mm-hmm. and you're you became a Christian, and you're a dad, and and um, the Apostle Paul's writing to you. You know, in many ways, the dad had had a lot of us had a lot of influence, mm-hmm. even say, and when the daughter would be married off, you yeah. know, and that type of thing. And so it's like, well, what should my daughter do? She's not married yet. Oh my gosh, what do I do with her? You know. Mm-hmm. So there's just you can see in this as Paul's picking these topics that seem a little random to us and out of left field. He's just picking up the major tensions in the culture, and it was, okay, if Jesus could come back, and we're being persecuted, and my young daughter wants to get married, Paul, what do I do? I'm scared. I don't want to make the wrong decision. Right. He's providing clarity there. Yeah. That's what he's doing. And I love it because Paul uh, finishes that section by saying, but those who marry will face many troubles in this life. Amen. And we're all saying amen. <laughs> and then and you can imagine people are reading this thinking, amen. And then Paul says, but what I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they do not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if they were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if it not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. Okay, this <laughs> this is so strange. Um, this Okay, first of all, here's why I believe, well, one of the reasons I believe that this is God's word. Who would make this up? Yeah. If you were starting a religion, mm-hmm. okay, Paul, let's let's write something that really grabs people, you right. know? Okay, what should we write? I got an idea. If you're married, live as if you're not. If yeah. you're a virgin, like, who would do right. that? No, right. Paul is really communicating God's truth to people in their in their real situations. Mm-hmm. This section we could get confused on, but there's a real clue at the end there. Don't be engrossed in these things. Yeah. He's saying, do not treat these things as the ultimate thing in your life. Yep. Hold them, hold them with a with an open hand, you yeah. know? So there's some discussion between theologians. Is the Apostle Paul talking about the end of the Jewish way of life? Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus obviously predicted, you know, quite a cataclysmic into the temple and all that kind of thing. And so this is what they might be pointing to. Mm-hmm. And we know in AD 70, the temple was destroyed. Uh, the Romans just annihilated the Jewish state, and uh, basically the Jews just scattered all over the, 
the world at that point. Now, it could be referring to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So there is not consensus here in the in the world of Christianity what he's pointing to. Right, and I think uh, you know either either or of those options, Paul is simply saying this is not its final form. Right, this is everything is short. Uh, he was so on fire, made such a 180 for trying to share this gospel message that that's what he was concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, verse 32, um, Paul says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. How can he please the Lord? But a married man is concerned about, there we go, turn the page, the affairs of this world. How can he please his wife? And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world. How can she please her husband? I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. goes on to say uh, in verse 36, If anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably toward the virgin he is engaged to, and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He is not sinning. They should get married. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion but has control uh, over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does does the right thing. So then, he who marries the virgin does right, but he who does not marry her does better. I think if I was to summarize this section, it would be the best life possible is one where you have developed Mm self-control. Now, understanding that, there is wisdom in knowing yourself and knowing, like, I would not do well if I was not married. Mm -hmm. I I just know that about myself. I think the right thing to do is to continue on. I, I see, you know, there's a, a lot of situations here where it sounds like you're pledged to be married to a, a woman. Go ahead and just do that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. But regardless, you're going to need to develop self control anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, too, uh, we should also read this in light of the present crisis that they were facing. You know, persecution is coming, mm-hmm. it's about to come. If you just took a wife, you got a baby, and, and then you're going to get killed through persecution right. that doesn't seem that doesn't seem to be all that wise you yeah. know so i think we have to read this through the lens of crisis mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. stress and i think in those types of situations the the rules are a little bit different yeah and i think he's trying to speak to that hey this is a very unique season that we're in and we're about to head into and so i want you to keep in mind some things yeah. you know and so here we read these in the, we read this in the west kind of removed from this so disconnected from persecution. We're like, this seems so like weird and yeah. out of left field. But I think if you are in a season of crisis, think of all that's happening in Ukraine right now, the rules of engagement change mm-hmm. in a season of crisis. Right. And I think Paul is doing that. And so, yeah, a couple... Paul, you just you got to know yourself. You got to be yeah. self-controlled. Honor the people you're with. Mm-hmm. Be prepared for the crisis and be wise and take all of that into consideration as you figure out what you're going to do in your relationships. Yeah. I think that's all he's really trying to get at. Yeah. And and it's interesting that the Apostle Paul is pointing to what he... He was kind of reading the situation and he knew that persecution was coming in a, in a lot greater way than that, what they were experiencing right then and there. Uh, things were heating up. Uh, Caliglia, man, I have a terrible time pronouncing that name, uh, had declared himself uh, God, mm-hmm. and now Caesar is Lord. That whole uh, concept was was now 
penetrating every culture in the Roman world, that you had to agree to that. And then when the when Nero uh, actually set fires in order to distract from the fact that he was a terrible leader and then blamed it on the Christians mm-hmm. in Rome, mm-hmm. then persecution of Christians all over the Roman Empire was ridiculous. It just went crazy. And that's, I think, the crisis that he's pointing to. That It's not happened yet, but it's coming. Yeah. Right, you uh, you guys have said this already, but I want to reiterate, you can sense Paul's pastoral, caring heart here, yeah. uh, the tension that these young men and women are experiencing, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, did I make a mistake? Am I sinning if I go through with this marriage, right. or I just got married? And Paul's Paul's trying to love on them and say, like you said, be patient, just stop, just wait, yeah. stay where you're at for a season. Yeah. Um, I just think when we read this devotionally, meaning I woke up in the morning, I need my five-minute dose of God's Word for a little encouragement, mm-hmm. and we read this, we're like, what in the world is happening? <laughs> right, right. But if you read it contextually, you realize that this season was a massive pressure cooker Absolutely. for these people. Yeah. Not only do you have persecution, which is just destroying families and churches, mm-hmm. you also have Christianity as brand new. Mm-hmm. And so not only is is this a brand new way of life, it's a brand new way of life in the middle of this persecution. Yeah. And if we keep that in mind, I think it helps us kind of go, okay, okay, I don't need to, you know, panic in my own life, but I do need to look at what timeless truths is Paul communicating. And I think we've kind of just summed summed those up. Yeah. Be patient, be faithful, mm-hmm. uh, honor your commitments. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't don't pursue marriage because it's an idol. Don't right. don't uh, don't I don't idolize your marriage if you are married. Mm-hmm. Like there's just some real helpful themes here. Yeah. Um, and we just have to read it in context. And I think that helps us. Okay. Wow, it's not as strange as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. It's a pressure cooker season for these Christians, and um, he's he's trying to pastor them through it, and he's doing an amazing job. Yeah. So yeah. let's wrap up the section. Yeah. So verse 39, uh, Paul finishes by saying, a woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes. All right. There you go. That's there, pretty clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he must belong to the Lord. So this is kind of the person that she remarries. Yeah, that's right? clear. Here we go. It's pretty clear. Yeah. If you belong to the Lord, marry someone who belongs to the Lord. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to not go well. Yeah. Just, it's that clear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then in verse 40, in my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is, and I think that I too have the Spirit of God. You know, I was reading about this the other day, that uh, things were so desperate in the Roman Empire that it actually became illegal to stay a widow more than two years because you were a burden on the culture. Oh, yeah. And, and so the Apostle Paul here is saying, you know what? That's an honored state. Totally. You don't yeah. need to be married to have status. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In in our world, right? yeah, he honors singleness, and yeah. I just I so appreciate that. And and churches um, have subtly not done that. Yeah. Um, and so, to the single people, you're all right. right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Uh, well, awesome. Thank you guys so much uh, once again for for having me and for for doing this for um, our people here at SMCC and those around the world. I know we get um, listens all across uh, the country and, and the world. And uh, well, that's cool. I don't even for that. I don't know that. Yeah, <laughs> thankful for that. Uh, uh, Looking forward to the next chapter here uh, next week, uh, wherever you guys are listening at. Uh, thank you for listening with us, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted Podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. 
Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.